Hello. Continue. I think I need to hit continue. Hello. I think we're live. This is Roberta Fallon, and we're at I'm at Moore College's uh, Mix LR radio station with Jamar Nicholas today. Hi, Jamar. Hi, Roberta. How Thanks. are you? I'm fine, except for the 99-degree weather outside. It's oh a little soggy gosh. outside, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's one of the worst <laughs> days. But we're going to get through it. Um, so thanks for being here. Thanks I for having me. I appreciate you coming in. So Jamar is, uh, if you don't know him, he's a black comic book artist. And he's got two main things that he's working on, Detective Boogaloo, a hip-hop cop, and Leon, the protector of the playground. Yes. And I want to hear about both of them. So tell me about the origin story of Detective Boogaloo. Okay. Uh, well, his elevator pitch is uh, <laughs> James Lee Boogaloo was, was a, a b-boy in the early 80s and fell into a coma after breakdancing on radioactive cardboard. He then wakes up in 1994 to find out that his brother, Ice Trey, has turned into an evil rapper with superpowers and has taken over the city. So now Boogaloo has to join the police force uh, to bring him down. Wait, stop <laughs> I, at radioactive cardboard. <laughs> yes. Uh, so this has sci-fi overtones. Yeah, there's a, a, a like kind of a superhero comic book element to it uh, infused with hip-hop. So it's really my love letter to hip-hop. Uh, with a nice veneer of uh, graffiti and breakdancing and superpowers. So how much autobiography can we read into Detective <laughs> Boogaloo? Did you do breakdancing? Well, yeah, I was a really poor breakdancer. I was just no good. I remember uh, in seventh grade in home ec class, I uh, made a windbreaker so I could work on my back spins, but I was no good at it, so <laughs> that ended quickly. <laughs> That's really funny. How about music? Have you done hip-hop or spoken word or well, anything the, like that? Uh, well, part of my secret origin is when I was in college at UArts, I was part of a uh, rap group. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, not a lot of people know about that, and I like to keep it that way. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I had a, a quick dalliance with rapping, and then I put that down. You know, Breathing is hard. That's one of the things <laughs> they don't tell you about is the breath control. I've heard those rappers, mm -hmm. and they really... It's tight. Yeah, yeah, you have yeah. To say a lot, a lot, a lot of words, and then and then you hear like quickly. a a quick little. Totally. I don't know how they do it. I don't know. It's <laughs> it should be an Olympic event, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, talk about Leon, which you just told me is um, your summer project. Yes, yes. Uh, Leon, protector of the playground, is a uh, middle age, middle not middle age, but uh, for uh, it's a middle ages book for uh, young children who uh, is hopefully will be done by the end of the summer. It's my summer project. Uh, it's about a superhero kid who is from a single superhero household. So there's more of me in Leon than me in Detective Boogaloo. So um, it's really about uh, me and my mother growing up, but I didn't have superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> You wished you had. Yeah. So this is going to be a graphic novel, yes. and so have you like storyboarded out the panels? Yeah, and all that yeah, kind of yeah. Stuff? It's How all scripted out. Scripted and, out. Um, this book is it's pretty late. Um, I'm 
okay with saying that, and I've been promising it for years. And you know how that goes sometimes, you know, best intentions and all that, and other things keep jumping up. Uh, but uh, I have uh, all the stars aligned this summer, and I'm in the studio, you know, trying to get this done. So uh, by the end of August, I should be completed. It should be completed. I'm really excited about it. And then will it be printed, or is it going to be a web? Well, it's going to be product. printed. It's going to be, uh, right now it's going to be self-published, uh, and you can actually uh, pre-order it on my website. Um, but And what's the URL of your website? Uh, it's uh, www.jamarnicholas.com. But the, there's a link for purchasing Leon. I have a, a Facebook page for Leon. If you just look up Leon Protector the Playground, it'll pop up, and you can order it there. Cool. So um, one of the reasons you're busy and haven't gotten to Leon is mm -hmm. that you are not only a comic book artist, no. but you are an educator, and you've, uh, you help uh, run the gallery up at Arcadia University. That's correct. So talk about your extracurricular life okay. of mm -hmm. education. Well, um, what's really, I think, interesting about uh, the, my day job the day job part of my life is that I've always been in academia in some fashion. Uh, when I was in college at uh, UARTS, I had a full-time job at LaSalle University. Doing and what? I was just a, a desk security guard, schlub guy. And then I turned into the boss of the desk security people. And then oh, I turned better. into a suit. I was like a, a shirt and tie guy in residence life. So I've always had those type of university jobs. And for the past, I think this is my 12th year now, uh, I've been at Arcadia University as the assistant gallery uh, director or assistant to the director, however you want to spell it. <laughs> we do a lot over there at the gallery. So it's, been, it's a really exciting work and um, it really keeps me, keeps my feet planted in both sides of the art world, you know, behind the scenes and also dealing with the artists and being an artist myself. It's, mm -hmm. you know, kind of like a dual life. It's very interesting. Do you also teach? Oh yeah, I also teach. Uh, I teach occasionally at Arcadia. I have a pretty dedicated uh, class at Drexel that I teach. I teach writing for comic books. Oh, what a Drexel. great class. Yeah, it's great. What it, department is that in? Are you ready for this? It's not in the art department. It's in cinema and television. No so, kidding. Yeah, I've taught, huh. I think this is maybe three or four years I've taught there. It's a really great, great course. Wow. <laughs> I can't even imagine how you teach that. Do you teach them storyboarding, well, or is it more narrative? Yeah, well, here's the interesting thing about that class, and a lot of students are surprised to find out. I'm not an English teacher, and I'm not really interested in, you know, redlining people's scripts, but I really teach about the relationship between a writer and an artist. And that's one of the hidden parts of comic book creation that people don't know about until they get there. Uh, as a writer, you may think that if I go, page one, a million aliens spill out of the mothership, and then you hand that to the artist, and they, you know, start wringing their hands at you. <laughs> like, I'm not drawing that. You know, you find out quickly that it's, there is a relationship there. So I do that, and there's a lot of script writing, and I have a lot of guests, guest artist buddies of mine come into the class. It's really great. That's great. Well, I would imagine that not all uh, writers of comics are artists That's and correct. capable because it's it's two different skill sets uh, yeah, and not everybody really can do both. Mm -hmm. And there's sometimes I've seen lines in the sand with comic book professionals who are you know strictly writers who sometimes grit their teeth at writer artists or those type of uh, uh, people who go well look I can draw I can write obviously and. 
you know, I know that it's not always that easy. So, you know, I sure. I reach out to writers a lot too for my own stuff because I don't, you know, we don't know everything. <laughs> Interesting, but just to clarify, sure. you are the artist yes. and you are the writer of yes. your comics. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The whole package. The whole. <laughs> the whole Megillah, yeah. The whole Megillah. <laughs> so, what was the first comic you made? Did you grow up making comics? Uh, well. When I was a lot younger, I wanted to be a comic strip artist, mm -hmm. which kind of ties back into Detective Boogaloo. And I started to get a love for comic book uh, creation when I found out that I could tell bigger stories with more pages. Uh, writing comic strips are hard, you know, set up, set up, punchline, if you have four panels. Uh, so my first self-published thing was called the Jamar Chronicles. In 1997, I started self-publishing. This is before Google and all that kind of stuff. And I wound up reading a lot at the library. Remember those? Sure. <laughs> at the library. Sure. About self-publishing and just publishing in general and you know how to get things printed and all of that, all that good stuff that's now really easily accessible. And you can do a lot of things just by going to your computer. But you know, I had a lot to do, a lot of digging. Um, and from there, I started doing web comics. Uh, and Detective Boogaloo was an early web comic uh, that I started in 2002 for Kevin Smith, the filmmaker. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. When he had just finished doing Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, he had a website in the movie called moviepoopshoot.com. And people kept trying to go to this website. It didn't exist. So he decided, I think I better make this website. And he wanted more content, so they asked me to do a, a web comic, like a, day, a weekly web comic, and that's um, where Boogaloo came from. Yeah. And so, how did you get connected with Kevin Smith? It was, I think, it was word of mouth. I, he just came, and his people came to me and said, "Hey, what do you want to do on Fridays?" So wow. I said, "I have a story about a breakdancing cop," <laughs> and they gave me the green light. Those fools. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to ask about why you made him a cop and not a private detective. Well, you know, I, I, I thought about that. And I think because he was, well, in this universe, uh, the city that they live in is called Bling City. And it's kind of, uh, there's a lot of anachronistic things because it starts in 2002 when I was really doing the strip. But there's a lot of flashbacks and things like that. And things kind of go back and forth a lot and things get muddy. But the biggest part of that is because in this universe, rapping is a crime, right? So it's almost like now, if you think about how people are kind of, you know, incriminating rappers, or rappers feel like they have to be gangsters and thugs to have music contracts, which is weird. It wasn't really about that at first. Wow. Um, I, not to say I saw that coming, but I thought it was an interesting spin on rap in the police, you know, with NWA and all that kind of stuff at the time was really kind of blurring the lines between, you know, what's music, what's criminal activity, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I figured that his uh, uh, ice tray, uh, Detective Boogaloo's brother, should be <laughs> should be like a rap mogul and also be this criminal kingpin. So, you know, no better than a cop to try to bring him down. And so that's where that came from. Have you watched Empire? You know what I've watched? I've watched a little bit of it. It's interesting because mm -hmm. um, that has the criminal and right, the music. Right, 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 right. And you know, and I'm I'm a really old school hip hop guy, and I don't feel like music needs that. I think that's what you know people think it is, 
and it's just kind of going that route. But um, I find it interesting, just all the, the genesis of rap music and like Def Jam recordings and all that stuff. It's really interesting to read about. I would like to see something more in that in that vein on TV, but Empire's interesting, you know, mm -hmm. it's intriguing. I haven't watched a lot of it. Yeah, interesting. Mm. Um, <clears throat> one thing I noticed is that you have a Twitter account yes. and Instagram. Uh, yes. And you have a blog. <laughs> yes. So talk about your community online. You're very active on Twitter. I like Twitter a lot. I can I, tell. I like Twitter. It comes across. And one thing that I like about your Twitter is that you're very supportive of other people. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You, thank you know, you. people um, follow you. Mm -hmm, you're mm -hmm. right on thanking them. And mm -hmm. people post something, and you're right on mm -hmm you know, congratulating them Thank or whatever. You. So talk a little bit about community. Well. Both online, do you know those people? Uh, well, a lot of my comic book friends, and I always laugh when I say that because it sounds like they're not real people. <laughs> you know the people in my head, my comic book friends. I've always been kind of like a, a, a networker and a bridge builder. And, you know, I always, anytime we're at a comic book convention, I try to, introduce people to other people. Hey, you know what? You should really meet so-and-so. Hey, this is... And I found that there's a lot of people that can't do that. It's sounds like a social thing. And I used to get really upset about that, where I would feel like, well, how come you can't introduce me to this guy? You know what? Not everyone is me. I understand and people have hang-ups or, or need to protect their own Rolodex, however you want to look at that. So I always go out of my way to make sure that, that the community is strong. And I do the same thing online where, say, if one of my buddies has a new project coming out or something I'm really interested in, why not tweet about it? You know, I don't, you know, I'm not getting anything out of it. And a couple of times I've been accused of, I don't know, how would you say it, kind of trying to push an agenda in that way. It's like, oh, well, I see that you're trying to, you know, push this guy up the ladder. What's that about? What are you getting out of it? And it's really not selfish. I'm just, I try to be a good friend. I don't know why that's so hard in 2016. Okay. So it kind of comes out in my, in my tweeting as well. Interesting. Yeah. So um, you mentioned about going to the comic book conventions yes. and whatnot. Talk a little bit about, first of all, I want to start out with the um, anecdote of the young lady who cosplayed Leon oh, because wow. there's a marvelous photo of <laughs> yeah. you and her yeah, posing yeah. for a Yeah, that happened uh, what's wild, that was maybe two years ago already as Leon's been being <laughs> promised for a while and this young girl came to my table and bought a print of mine and then showed up the next day in this costume it was crazy, you know, the book's not out and I think something really connected her with her and that image, which I, that, you know, that made my decade right there. And then after it happened, some of my friends were like, would well, you get her information? And I'm like, I didn't think about that. And what am I supposed to do with this information? But I was really honored and humbled by that and it made me feel like I think I'm on to something if uh, uh, somebody can, can connect that quickly with my character and want to. Cosplaying is like one of the, you know, the greatest, like, fan affections these days, right? If somebody takes the, the time in, in uh, uh, crafting ability to make something out of something you made, that's really, that's really amazing to me. 
So it is. It's yeah. an homage yeah. in a way. And I'm still waiting for this girl to show up again, <laughs> so I could give her like a sandwich or something. I was really, <laughs> really happy about that. So was this at Wizard World or no, the this Black Comic Book? No, convention? this was at. Uh, there's a show called the East Coast Comic Con, which is uh-huh. in Secaucus, right oh. underneath New York, uh, which is more of kind of like a comic book creator show. If you realize that. Um, there's kind of every show was different some are more uh, entertainment based like Comic Con in in San Diego a lot of guys aren't going to anymore because we're kind of blanked out by you know the cast of Twilight will be in rooms hall C8 nobody's coming to see us (laughs) you know so uh, a show like the East Coast Comic Con or Baltimore Comic Con is more artists Space. People come to see the artists and, and get Hollywood signature. And Hollywood isn't right. aware and, of right. them and doesn't not, care. Yeah, they're not there. Yeah, the cast of uh, Civil War isn't there. It's just <laughs> us. So we do better at those shows. And East Coast is one of those. So that was great. Cool. So, um, but talk a little bit about, there is a local um, black artist comic book festival. Yes. And I think a lot of, it's under the radar. Right. And so tell a little bit about that because I think you are... A participant, you mm-hmm. you not only have a, you're not only tabling, but you're paneling. You're on a panel discussion. Yeah, and, and I also am the host of the Glyph Awards, which is uh, the Black uh, Comic Book Awards. Because there's a award system that goes through comics, just like right. the Oscars and the Emmys and all of that mm-hmm. business. Um, so, this convention is called Ekbach, the Ekbach, the East Coast Black Age of Comics convention. It took me a while to learn how to say it, but it just it rolls off the tongue now, uh, which has been around for, I believe, 15 years. Uh, and I've been hosting the Glyph Awards, which is a, a newer part, a newer, newer component, which is a sister part of Ekbach. Uh, they're not exactly one and the same, but they're connected to each other. And I uh, MC and host the award ceremony every year, which is usually at the African American Museum in Philadelphia down the street. So it's, it's really great, and it's growing, and it's growing in when the awards are, are um, announced. Uh, it's starting to spread over mainstream comic book cool. channels, so it's really starting to pick up s- steam. So what time of year, what season is it generally? It, it generally happens around the middle of May, so around okay. like May 18th, 19th. It's usually that weekend. Uh, the convention is usually right after the Glyph Awards, so if the Glyphs are on Friday night at the African American Museum, the uh, Xbox show takes place at the, somebody, they're gonna beat me up, I forget the name of the place. You remember the old uh, American Bandstand building in West Philly? Uh, yeah. It's called like the Greater Communications, it's got like a business name now, uh-huh. uh, and it's always in that space, which I think is really amazing. The first time I was there in tabling, I was sitting right behind a picture of Dick Clark uh-huh. And like this is a very lily white group of teenagers staring at my neck. That's great. It was really interesting. <laughs> that would have been a terrific picture. Yeah, Dick Clark. <laughs> so are young people making comics now more than they were when you were a young person coming up? I mean, what, what yeah, do you think about that? I think so. I think just the, the boom of the internet and the ease of being able to create comics now um, is bringing in a lot of really talented young voices. Um, And I think more importantly is that 
there's not such a stigma as there was when I was a kid of creating comics as a living or a really strong hobby. Uh, when I was a kid, you know, I think everybody in my neighborhood liked to draw, but somewhere in there it was beat out of you that you don't do that for real. Too you know? geeky? No, I think it was even before geeky. I think it was just like, well, you need to get a real job Mm -hmm. or no one does that for real. Um, But I think that's kind of over now. I mean, you know, I teach classes on drawing comic books, you know, for Pete's sakes. Like that didn't exist when I was a kid. Uh, So that's also a reason I teach because I didn't have that growing up. I had to figure it all out on the streets. Wow. <laughs> so what would you tell a young person who's maybe in middle school mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. who's about the age of Leon mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and likes to draw mm-hmm. and has some ideas and imagination? What uh, would you say uh, well, to them? I would tell them, and this is kind of cliche, but I would just say keep drawing and keep a sketchbook and don't let people tell you that you can't do what you want to do you know uh, when I was in high school and this wasn't that long ago I went to Kappa in the the golden age of the (laughs) the mid 80s boys and men and all those guys in the roots and I was a black sheep as weird as that sounds because no one liked cartoons then even in even then where they were like look you got to stop drawing this ghetto stuff they weren't (laughs) considered art probably no no, not really and it kind of amazes me that I have a career now <laughs> as far as hard as uh, as hard as I fought to be here you know it's really uh, refreshing to see that kids want to do this now as a real thing can uh, can a person make a living doing comic books? I think you can make a living doing anything if you're really seriously mm-hmm. about, serious about it um, it takes a while like uh, almost all of my buddies who are comic book guys are we're now at the kind of top of the class you know if you think of uh, uh, people coming into an industry in years as classes you know the class of 98 are now all the big shots in Marvel and all that kind of stuff but it took 20 years to get there um, so there's a lot of like long nights and probably a lot of extra part-time jobs and things but I think it's doable if you're really really serious about it if you're kind of being sometimey about it, it probably won't work, you know, and there's not a lot of flashes in the, well, there's a lot of flashes in the pan, (laughs) but there's not a lot of overnight sensations in comics, you know, because it all comes from the failures of your last project to build up to where you can finally find something that resonates with people. Let's talk just a little bit about the process of making the comic, because I would imagine, I mean, I don't know, uh, that people don't understand that it's a rigorous process. Yeah. It involves pencil sketching and inking mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, yada yada. Mm-hmm. Can you explain what your uh, process is? Well, yeah, and this is interesting because I'm now starting to bring a lot of digital uh, yeah, parts I into my in, in my studio process. Uh, the the nuts and bolts of comic books are uh, your idea, script, uh, loose thumbnails, uh, laying out your page, usually with a light box. That's a, what's a one little part that I've found out that people didn't really know about mm. you know like, like just tracing paper yeah like mm-hmm. so if you have really good layouts you probably want to tighten those up mm. and uh after some tracing and kind of positioning things that look good on that sketch that now are too crowded or maybe i need to move this maybe i need to put a tree over here <laughs> uh you move things around um and then you create your tight pencils now this is already probably the third or fourth time you've touched this page and you haven't even started inking yet mm. 
So after you get through the tight pencils, then you're going to uh, ink it. Then there's probably scanning involved where you'll probably digitally color it. Then you have to get it lettered, which is coming from the script and you know, making the word balloons and all that kind of stuff. That comes digitally, that's not... A lot of people do it digitally now. There are some people that still hand draw, hand letter, and I used to do that when I was younger, but I just, I have, I put like a claw grip on a pen trying to just, you know, laboriously write A's and E's and X's, and I, you know, it's easier just to, you know, do it on the computer. Save some sanity for me. Uh, but yeah, there's probably five or six steps involved in just drawing a comic book page. So it takes a while. So people are always astonished why it takes so long. Why, is this ta why isn't this done yet? Why were you up until four in the morning? Because it, it's, it's done when it's done, you know? And I'm a pretty fast cartoonist. I know people who are really like meticulous about each line. I'm kind of a whip, 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 draw, draw, draw type of cartoonist. And I think that's a little bit of my animation background. Um, and I'm still slow, so. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, so how many pages is Leon going to be? Uh, it's going to be 128 pages. Holy smokes. <laughs> I was envisioning 25 or 30. Oh, no, that's a regular monthly comic book oh, wow. size, yeah. Okay. So, and, and even with that, you can see how comics just take a while. You know. Well, let's talk then about you producing for the Metro because yes. you ha you did have a panel comic mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that ran once Last, a week. It was, well, it was daily. Daily, yeah. Holy so I was doing smokes. Detective Boogaloo daily. So we talked about the genesis of Boogaloo back in our early thousands. I guess aughts is that what we still <laughs> call aughts, it? Yeah. Um, to where I was approached by the editor-in-chief of the U.S. Metro uh, last summer, maybe a little like last spring. Uh, who asked me to do a slice of life kind of culture commentary strip for the Metro. They never had a comic strip before. And just to clarify, the Metro is a, a free color paper like the USA Today, but it runs daily in Philly, New York, and Boston. Um, and I almost passed on it. <laughs> did, did we drop? No, I okay. think... Uh <laughs> and I almost passed on it because I didn't really want to, because a long time ago I did editorial for the Philly Tribune, um, yeah. which is a whole other avenue we can talk about Not another Detective time. Not Detective Boogaloo, but Not, something else? Something, well, that, well, when... Like Tony Off? Yeah. Political yeah, cartoons? Yeah, like Sidney Wilkinson, oh, Tony wow. Off type of stuff. Huh. And I learned quickly that I wasn't super good at that. But anyway, I thought, I don't want to draw the Kardashians, and that's just a whole other headspace that you have to live in to do political so, but then I thought, well, he didn't really say what he wanted. So I pitched Detective Boogaloo to him as a daily strip. And he went for it. And that, you know, that was great. Uh, I was doing that daily, full color. Holy smokes. Also, uh, daily. And then I got fired after five months. For content reasons <laughs> no, or for money reasons? No, editorial. Editorial. Yeah, the editor left. And then a new editor came in and just wiped the page. Oh, so I. Well, you know, I knew that was going to be a lot, and that was a crazy time for me because I was doing other things and doing this daily strip, and it was just like, you know, every second, you know, you have to be in front of that tablet. And I learned another digital process. I had a um, kind of a Samsung Android tablet that I was drawing the strip on when I wasn't in the studio. So even when we went on vacation, I'm up in the room <laughs> drawing pages. Um, so the new guy came in and said, yeah, this hip-hop, I don't even know what this is, Get, it's going. And I had baked into my contract a six-month 
just, you know, I just wanted to make sure I could handle the workload and also that if the readers were into it, you know, and then we'll renegotiate. But it just kind of of died on the vine in November. And it was a great experience, and it still exists. You know, I started putting the strips with director cut uh, information (laughs) underneath it on my my blog, and I kind of ran out of steam with that. But I'm looking to finish up that storyline and collect it as a graphic. Oh, wonderful. Very cool. Thank you. Anything else you want to share with people? <laughs> what you did some traveling earlier this summer. Where'd you go? Oh, I went to Maine. Oh, yeah, I went to Maine. Nice. Yeah, I like seafood. I'm a Pisces. I think it's all connected <laughs> somehow. But yeah, I ate my weight in lobsters, and um, you know, <laughs> I was kind of craving a cheesesteak when I got back home. But yeah, I had to take a little respite because I knew that the whole summer was going to be dedicated to finishing Leon. It's like hook or crook, mm-hmm. and I want to get this done. So. Um, you know, sometimes you just have to clear the air. And man, have you been? You've been to Maine? Never. Oh my goodness, it's beautiful out I there. Would love it's to go. it's great. Every 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 view is picturesque. It's amazing. But you know, now I'm back in the gritty city, and I'm ready to get back to work. <laughs> All right, on that playground with Leon. That's right. Well, I think that's been a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much, Jamar. Thanks, thanks so I've been much for talking me, with Jamar Nicholas. Once more, the URL is jamarnicholas.com, J-A-M-A-R-N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S.com. Thank you so much. Thank you.